culture lovers. This is Jules, your host of the All Things Iceland podcast. Welcome to this week's episode, where I give you an overview of Iceland's rich and diverse literary history and culture. Before I jump in, I have two special announcements. The first is that today, February 20th, is the last day for you to enter the All Things Iceland podcast giveaway. If you haven't entered already, you can do so by clicking on the image that says the All Things Iceland podcast giveaway in the show notes of this episode on my website from foreigntofamiliar.com. All of the instructions for entering will be available through that link. I will pick the winners at random tomorrow and contact them. So good luck to anyone who is entering. The second announcement is that I am taking a little break from podcasting, but only for a little while. I get so much joy from doing this, and I definitely plan on continuing it, so please don't worry. One of the main reasons, though, that I'm taking a pause is because I will be traveling for about two months outside of Iceland, and it will be difficult to find the space and time to record, edit, and publish weekly episodes. I really pride myself on being able to have the dedicated space and time to put into these episodes because I really want you to get as much information out of them as possible. (laughs) But during that time, if you're just curious about what I'll be doing, I will, of course, have some vacation time. But my mom is having surgery, and so I will be helping her to recover. And I will be starting a new job when I get back to Iceland. So tons of things going on. The show will restart again on April 24th. I know it sounds like a long time away, but as we all know, time passes by so quickly. It is hard to believe that I've been doing this podcast every week for eight months. (laughs) So when I thought about it, I was like, wow, that's awesome. And I'm just so happy that I've been able to keep up with that schedule. Also, I have been reading your survey results from the giveaway And I'm so excited to create shows and conduct interviews based off of some of your suggestions. For anyone that signed up for the monthly newsletter at the end of the survey, that newsletter will start in April. If you don't know what I'm talking about, but you do want to receive a monthly newsletter from me starting in April, that gives you awesome tips about either traveling Iceland or about Iceland in general and really cool content then feel free to use the link in the show notes. We'll be at the bottom of the show notes for this episode. If for any reason you want to reach out to me during the two months while I'm not doing the podcast or just in general to ask questions about Iceland, see what adventures I'm up to, or just even to say hi, I will put my social media profiles and email, which you can contact me in the show notes on my website from foreigntofamiliar.com. Okay, now that I've gotten that off my chest, It's time to jump back into the topic of Iceland's literary culture. The literature in Iceland is just as unique as its language, which I talked about in episode two of this show. I'll start out with literature from the medieval times and end with the modern-day literary environment in Iceland. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, the sagas, which were written between the 9th and 13th centuries, are the most revered pieces of Icelandic literature. They were written in Old Norse, and they are tales of the people that migrated to Iceland, Viking voyages to unknown lands, and the history of settlers. They have withstood the test of time and have been inspirational sources for shows, movies, plays, art, 
and books that depict life in Scandinavia during those times. For instance, Njal's saga, which takes place between 960 and 1020, is full of drama. There's betrayal, revenge, murder, ongoing feuds, omens, and prophetic dreams. It is teeming with excitement and gives you insight into the culture during that time. While all the sagas are fascinating, I specifically point out Njal's saga because it's Iceland's longest and most developed saga. If you want to check it out, I have a link to the saga database in the show notes on my website that has free versions of the popular sagas in Icelandic and English and also some other languages. So not every saga has been translated to many other languages, but all the popular ones are in Icelandic and English. While it hasn't been confirmed, there is a theory that the saga served as a way of hiding and preserving the view of pagans, which was threatened by the onslaught of Christianity in the country during that time. Most of the authors of the sagas are unknown, but they are thought to be somewhat true accounts that were passed on orally until they were written down. Some people theorize that women might have been some of the authors, but there's no evidence to support that. Plus, all the known saga writers are male. However, many poetry verse stanzas are attributed to Icelandic and Norwegian women during the Middle Ages, and two of those women include Gunnhildur Kvoningamoder and Thorhildur Skjaldkona. Adaic and skaldic poetry were also written during medieval times. The main difference between the two types of poetry is that Skaldic refers to poetry written by Norwegian and Icelandic poets, who are known as skalds. While the Eddas mentioned mythical events or told stories, skaldic poetry was used to honor nobles or kings, as well as to commemorate or satirize important events. It is helpful to know that there are two types of Edda poems. The elder, or poetic Edda, are Old Norse poems and stories that originated in the 10th century. They were first written down in Iceland in the 13th century. The younger Edda, or what is known as the Prose Edda, or even Snorre's Edda, was written by Snorre Sturluson in the early 13th century. Stories about the Norse gods and other mythical creatures are featured in these poems. While the sagas hold a special place in Icelandic people's hearts, and for many around the world, Poetry started to dominate just a few centuries later. One famous poet during this time was Hallgrimur Pétursson. He was a priest and a poet that wrote the Passion Hymns during the 1600s. The hymns are 50 poetic texts that follow Christ entering the garden Gethsemane to his death and end with his burial. Because Christianity was quite popular in Iceland during this time, the hymns became an important part of Icelandic religious expression. The famous church, Hallgrimskirka in Reykjavik, which is the tallest building in Reykjavik, is named after Hallgrimur. Romanticism began to dominate at the beginning of the 19th century in Iceland. Jonas Hallgrimsson is credited with being the first writer of Icelandic short stories. He is one of the country's most beloved poets. He used stunning imagery to write about Iceland's beautiful landscape. On November 16th every year is Icelandic Language Day, 
And that day was specifically chosen because it's Jonas's birthday. On that day, an award named after him is given to an individual for their outstanding contribution to the Icelandic language. Jón Thoratsson published the first Icelandic novel in 1850, and he is considered the father of the modern-day Icelandic novel. Following Romanticism was realism and naturalism. Authors like Thorberg Thorason and Gestur Paulsson stirred the pot in Icelandic society with their satirical and realist works. Thorberg, in particular, shone a light on the social injustices in the country and the church. He was not initially well-received because his style was so different than the previous works in the country. However, an appreciation of his style grew over time. Einar Benediktsson, also known as Einar Ben, wrote poetry that contributed to the nationalistic revival in the country, which led to Iceland getting its independence. As you can probably tell by right now, the writing community, at least during the times of the Middle Ages and up until any time before the 20th century, the majority of the writers or authors were men. But surprisingly, the first Icelandic writer to make a living as an author was a woman named Torfhildur Thorsteinsdottir, but she went by Torfhildur Holm. She lived in Canada for many years before returning to Iceland. She was the first woman to receive a writer's pension by the Althingi. Her work spanned from the later 1800s into the early 1900s. On a somewhat random note, I want to share with you a great story that involves the Icelandic writer Gunnar Gunnarsson and Walt Disney. Gunnar wrote most of his works in Danish in order to reach a wider audience, and he became quite popular. One particular novel, The Good Shepherd, which is about the epic adventures of a shepherd collecting sheep in the Lake Mivat area, interested Walt Disney. So, Disney called Gunnarsson about making the tale into a cartoon. Gunnar inquired about how much he would get paid, but Walt said that he normally did not pay authors a commission. Gunnar swiftly hung up the phone. <laughs> Besides that experience, there are two random facts that I was surprised to learn about when researching Gunnar Gunnarsson. And the first is that he was a Nazi sympathizer. In 1940, he traveled to Germany for an extensive lecture tour and met Adolf Hitler. The second fact is that he was nominated for the Nobel Prize in Literature seven times but did not win. The Gunnarsson Institute believes, and I quote, instead of basing its decision on the novelist's contribution to the world literature, the Swedish Academy was swayed by unjust considerations. Now that half a century has passed since Iceland gained its first Nobel Prize winner in literature, it is time for the truth to be revealed. Hopefully this will happen when the Academy's documents are declassified. End quote. So obviously there's a bit of controversy around Gunnar Gunnarsson and why he didn't win the Nobel Prize for Literature after being nominated so many times. Maybe it had something to do with being a Nazi sympathizer. Maybe it's something else completely different. But it is a quite curious case. And of course, I can't talk about the Nobel Prize or Icelandic literature without mentioning Haltor Laxness who did win the Nobel Prize for Literature and is the only Nobel laureate in Iceland's history. If you would like to learn more about him, I dedicated a whole podcast episode to talking about his life and contributions to Icelandic literature. 
I recommend checking that out through the link I've provided in the show notes of this episode. If we fast forward to modern day, there are a decent amount of Icelandic writers that have introduced different genres into Icelandic society. Arnaldur Idrason, Ersa Sigurðardóttir, and Ragnar Jónason have become well-known for their murder mysteries, also known as Scandinavian noir. While crime novels have become popular, Icelandic people still have a soft spot for poets. In fact, many poets have become novelists in Iceland. Some include Sjón, Andre Snær Magnason, Oyder Ava Olafsdóttir, and Gerður Kristni. And all these people that I'm mentioning, of course, there will be links to more information about them in the show notes. I had the pleasure, just on a random side note, of interviewing Andre Snyder Magnusson recently, basically just a week before. And so you can look forward to that interview when this show comes back, because it was quite fascinating, just to say the least. I mean, he has a very imaginative, brilliant mind, and I've just enjoyed meeting these different people who have helped to shape Icelandic society in different ways. So while it is true that Icelandic people like deep, thought-provoking literature... They also like to laugh at really inappropriate jokes. Comedic writers like Loa Hlín Hjálmtísdóttir and Hugleikur Dagsson have carved out names for themselves in Iceland with their crude and, well, at least for Hugleikur, pretty offensive jokes. There will definitely be links in the show notes if you want to see any examples of what I'm talking about. Icelandic people love crude jokes, and they specifically love jokes about the male anatomy that I won't say on the show because it's child-friendly, but you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) This just seems to be a part of the culture, and I think in general, Nordic countries seem to like to joke or laugh at moments that are usually considered awkward or or kind of inappropriate. So that's just an interesting observation that I've made while living here. And I just want to note as well that there are many more Icelandic authors that I'm not mentioning here, some of them known, some of them not as well known. In fact, a BBC article stated back in 2013 that one in 10 Icelandic people will publish a book. So there are many people who take the jump into publishing a book here. I'm not sure if it's still true today that it's one in 10, but it, I, I think it's probably safe to say that per capita, Iceland is still publishing more books than any other country. And it doesn't seem like the publishing and consumption or reading of books in Iceland is slowing down. If you've listened to my episode about Icelandic holidays, traditions, and celebrations, you would have heard me mention the Icelandic Christmas book flood or the Yola Boca Flodith. I really love saying that word. I don't know if you've ever tried it, but just one more time. Yola Boca Flodith, which literally means the Christmas book flood. This is the annual release of new books that are available to Icelandic people to order to give to their friends and family as gifts on Christmas. There are hundreds upon hundreds of new books published each year. I think it's a lovely tradition, and I'm always fascinated by the magazine that shows up to our house and the sheer amount of books that are available. So now that you've gotten a good overview of Iceland's literary history and culture, I'm going to move on to the random fact of the day. To my delight and fascination, 
The first and original manuscript of the Codex Regius, or Book of Kings when translated from Latin, a poetic edda, was found in the south of Iceland in the 1600s. It is an Icelandic codex in which many Old Norse poems are preserved. It is made up of 45 calfskin pages and is thought to have been written in 1270. It has inspired famous authors like J.R.R. Tolkien, many painters, poets, and authors of children's books. It essentially preserves Nordic mythology. It is pretty incredible to think how the world of literature, some art, and other works would be different if the Codex had not been preserved. In fact, some of them, if the Codex hadn't been preserved, might not have come into existence at all. Some literature enthusiasts consider it to be the most important of all Icelandic manuscripts. Right now, it is safely stored in a building in Reykjavik, but it might be on display one day. So let's just keep our fingers crossed that you can actually get a chance to see it. The Icelandic word of the episode is bokmyndir. Bokmyndir. Bokmyndir which means literature. Bok, easily enough, means book, and menta means educate. So kind of educating yourself with a book is literature in Icelandic. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of All Things Iceland. As I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, this is your last day to enter the giveaway, and the show will return on April 24th. I'm especially grateful for everyone who listens, and I will miss doing these episodes. It's become a part of my life for the past eight months, but I feel like this is the right decision just given the circumstances, and I hope that all of you understand. I look forward to bringing awesome new content to you on April 24th. Shawamst, flirt lega.